continue today with the fear of the Lord, part four. Began some weeks ago, thinking on 29th of January, we've had some meetings uh, of guests in between. But the fear of the Lord, part four, and I want us to go to John chapter one, verse one to three. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. How all things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. And what follows next is this. He was with God. So he's a person. The word is a person. And we see in later scriptures there in chapter 1 and many others, he shows us that Jesus is the word. Took the flesh and became a man and, and dwelt among us, or tabernacled among us. He's a living word of God. So listen to this. God and his word are inseparable. In other words, you cannot separate them. God and his word are one. In fact, I like to say this, is one. Instead of our, plural, is one. God and his word are inseparable. We must then approach his word with, listen this, with such great honor. We must approach his word with such great honor in reverence, in awe, and choose to obey it no matter what happens in our lives. That should be our approach to the word. The way we treat the word of God reflects our reference to our reverence to him or lack of it. The way we treat the word of God shows if at all we are in awe of God or we revere him or lack of it. Listen to this. These are two, these are the word, God and his word are one. They're inseparable. So the way you, we treat his word or the way we approach his word or the way we come to his word actually reflects our honor to him or lack of it. And that's why to so many people, there are so many cliches, but there is no power. Because when we honor the word of God, the power that is in that word starts operating in our lives. To the degree or the magnitude we honor the word of God, to the same degree that we see it manifesting in our lives. If we don't honor the word of God, then we don't see much. We can go through the motions, but we don't have actually the manifestation of the blessing that comes with honoring God's word. Remember talking about the fear of God, and, I, and again I say this, that our language is limited. You may think like I know it in English and all that, and therefore the fear of the Lord is not what we think. It's nothing like 2 Timothy 1.7, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a son man. That's the, the, the fear of the enemy. It has nothing to do with that. In fact, I, 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 I read a book after... I started, the Lord started speaking to me last year, but over the years I've thought about this, and this has bothered me, especially among believers that don't have the fear of the Lord. 
That bothered me over the years. I'll hear what people have done and think like, what is lacking there? Do the person not have the fear of the Lord? Church, believe in Christ. We are temporary in this body. Even if you live for 150 years, it's temporary compared to eternity. Therefore, whatever we do still in this flesh should be in, in, in the fear of the Lord. And sometimes I've, I've, I've got to realize that people don't want to talk fear. But you've not been given a spirit of fear. I'm not talking about devilish spirit. I'm talking about the fear of the Lord, which many times is called reverential fear of God. Some call it awe, the awe of God. But I'm telling you this. This is all limited. It's until that fear of God is in you, you'll know it when it's there. Because the fear of God is to hate evil. There's something that happens inside of you that you are not attracted to evil. You, may, you and I will still have to renew our minds for the rest of our lives. But listen to this. There are things that no longer attract us. Why? Because there's something that happened inside of us. And therefore, a church member, some, I think last month, sent me a, a book by John Bevere, if you know, such a wonderful teacher of the world, international teacher. He wrote a book in February about, he launched it in February, about the awe of God, but he's speaking about the fear of the Lord. And therefore, I said, no, I'm not going to read it at this time. Send me a clip of him talking uh, about the fear of the Lord. And he says this, the Lord, now that's him saying, he said this, the Lord revealed this to me, that the last move of God will be so much, I, don't, I may not be saying verbatim, but he says this, will be so much around or determined by the fear of the Lord. You may go read, and, and, and I didn't write it down, exactly what he said. But he says this, and the Lord gave me a sense of urgency to start teaching about the fear of the Lord. And he says he started doing that in 2023 than ever before. And I do believe that. Because you see in the church, in the, in the, in the, in the book of Acts, when the outpouring of the Holy Spirit came, one of the things that was so manifest was that fear of the Lord. And those who didn't honor God, like Ananias and Sapphira, we saw some, some weeks ago, actually died. They died. Why is that so? Because the presence of God, the manifest presence of God, makes our flesh tremble. Oh, I can show you from many scriptures. Here is a man called John who was a close, quote-unquote, body of Jesus. We say, you see that in the book of John. But now after his resurrection, when you see in the book of Revelation, John chapter 1, when he saw the Lord, he said, I laid down as a dead man. That's the glory of God. That's the presence of God. Sometimes you take it so casual. We approach God. I'm not talking about that fear of the world. In fact, this is what John Bevere says. That the fear of the Lord flashes out all fears. I love that. The fear of the Lord flashes out all fears. Remember, the fear of man is a snare. 
We read that, I think it's in Proverbs 14, 25, of, um, I think I should, 25 or 27. But the fear of the man is a snare. So the fear of God flashes all fears. You realize that you become so bold before men. You fear none. In fact, what did Jesus say? Fear not the ones who, who can only destroy the body, but they cannot destroy the soul. Fear the one who is able to destroy both the body and the soul into eternal fire. There's one person you are supposed to revere and honor in all is God. And when that is in place, nothing else matters. I, I can give you so many this, but, but let me go to the scriptures here. So God and his word are one. So I say, again, say the, the way we treat his word reflects our reference, our, our reference to him or lack of it. And this also, listen to this, and this also determines his response to us. You like to be in a place where you are honored. Come on now. You like to be in a place where you are honored. And there are some things that come out of your mouth. You wealthy person, when you are honored, you become even more generous. The generosity has, already, has been there, but, but because of honor, people are around you, 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 just, you just be generous. I, I used really to be troubled, if I can use that trouble, on, on uh, someone is crying out for help and you help them, and they don't even say thank you. Just to trouble me. And then the next time they show up, and then I saw a scripture about God, that is actually close to what Elder Francis read in John chapter, I mean Luke chapter 6. He says that God who is merciful to both thank, to the thankful and unthankful, I realize, oh, I'm just like my father, I'll be merciful. So if someone doesn't say thank, thank you, it doesn't bother me. The, the one that I realized, I, I don't know about, the ladies, you have to help me here. I, I realized that when I'm driving, and I let the lady pass, they don't appreciate, many of them. L ladies, would you help me? Do you usually think that's your right or what? Oh, oh, sorry, do they usually think that's their right? I'm talking to the wrong crowd now. Men, have you ever noticed that? Many of them, they just, uh, and, and you just give them away. And, uh, okay, Lord, I'm merciful to the unthankful. I'm thankful. I don't know, anyone who's ever experienced that? Anyone? All right. Uh, uh, ladies, if anyone you've ever done that kind of thing. Now you, you are spirit-filled. Always be thankful. Amen? Cultivate your thankfulness to the Lord. Now, listen to this. Let's go to Isaiah 66. I really want you to see of how we treat his word reflects our reverence to him or lack of it. Isaiah 66, verse 1 to 2 from the Amplified Version says, This is what the Lord says, Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Where then is a house that you could build for me? And where will my resting place be? Look at verse 2. For all these things my hand has made, so all these things came into being. By and for me, declares the Lord. How did he, how, how did he create everything? Through his word. Without him the word 
was nothing made that was made. But look at this, what he says. But to this one I will, to this one I will look. Let me put my own word there, and I think I won't be in problem. But let me say it in this man. But to this one attracts me. I will look. To this one I will look graciously to him who is humble and contrite in spirit and who reverently trembles at my word and honors my commands. Does what? Trembles at my word and honors my command. Reverently trembles at my word and honors my commands. That's the one God says this. I will look graciously to him. Who's humble and contrary in spirit, who reverent trembles at my word and honors my commands. Let me say this, which, which I already said is this. And this also determines the way we treat the word of God, reflects our reverence to him, and also this determines how he responds to us. Do you see his response? Graciously. When you honor his word. This is the same attitude we are supposed to have concerning our salvation. It's the most precious gift that you'll ever receive to be born again. To be called a child of God. To be assured that when you leave this earth, you'll go to heaven forever. Nothing is precious than that. Nothing, church. Nothing. Nothing. It's the same approach you're supposed to have concerning our salvation. And in Philippians 2, 12 and 13 says this, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my presence, work out your salvation with what? Fear and trembling. This is the way we work out your salvation, with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do, according to, or to do for his good pleasure. Church, that's the way we're supposed to work our salvation, with fear and trembling. That means, if the fear of the Lord is in place, then maturity follows. Then maturity follows. And I'll say this, responsibility as a son of God follows. Those who do not know a value of, the, of a thing cannot see, cannot honor it, or treat it as precious. Is that clear? If you don't know the value of a thing, you cannot treat it with fresh, uh, as, as precious as it is. You can lightly esteem it or you can dishonor it. Salvation is the most precious thing that any human being can receive. It's eternal life. And the way we treat our salvation means this. First, we do not know God. We don't have revelation of God. And we do not fear him. So that, that's the case. So that means we don't fear him. That means then we lightly esteem it. And that means we are prone to deception. We are prone to the deception of the enemy or deceptions of the enemy. A casual approach to his word leads to deception. 
It's already said. The devil knows the power that is in the word. And the word is his total defeat. Because Jesus destroyed his kingdom. Remember his, pro, his, his response was this. It is written. Because God and his word and are inseparable. He said it's written. It's written. It's written. Until the devil started quoting the scriptures himself. His kingdom was destroyed. And he knows the power that is in the word of God. Believers in Christ, we need to honor God's word. We need to tremble, so to speak, in reverence, in awe of his word. If we fear the Lord, then we honor his word and do whatever it says. The word of God. You hear believers saying this, you know the word of God says this, but... But, what? The word of God says, but. No, no, never say that. It's the word of God says it. I believe it. I agree with it. I may not even understand it. I may not even think like I understand it. But Lord, I'm not called to understand everything. I'm going to receive your word by faith. Amen, and act on it by faith. And Lord, believe you to, uh, to increase my understanding on God's word. Just, just that. That's all I'm going to do. I'm going to act on it by faith. There are people who just want to understand everything. You want. You want. But, but listen to this. Receiving the word of God by faith actually is the beginning of increasing in understanding. Why? The entrance of his words. Psalm 119 verse 30. The entrance of his words. Gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. The beginning of receiving. The, 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 the receiving of the word of God by faith. Is the beginning. Right there. Of understanding. The working and the functioning. Of the kingdom of God. In Psalm 119 verse 161. And uh, 162. I like this one. Powerful people harass me without cause. But my heart trembles only at your word. Oh, you missed a place to shout. And jump and run around a bit. Listen to this. Powerful people harass me without cause. But my heart does what? Trembles only at your word. In other words, none of these things move me but your word. Nothing else but the word. And look at what follows next. I rejoice in your word like one who, of, who finds a great treasure. Is that the way you rejoice? I mean, I'm about to make an announcement. Ashes, do you still have those are checks of 999,000 to give to every church member today here as they go out there? Mary and Uga, you have those checks ready? Just have them, 999,000, so that you can give to every person in attendance today. We need doctors because hearts are skipping out fast. <laughs> if that was the case, and I said that, and you know that's what I meant, and you know it's the truth, and the ashes have that, and I, I call them to come, and you know 
whatever we say, listen this, sisi ndo wala original kusema na kutenda. We are the original one. You realize Jubilee didn't, was not the original one? We are the original one. Kusema na kutenda. When you say, we do it. Now, if you know I've meant, I'm going to give you, everyone who's going to go out the door, and they're giving you a check. 999,000. A person like Helen will start jumping around the other head. And Helen, you'll have many people joining you. Probably I won't preach anymore. Some of you are already in shops, shopping. Some ladies start looking at their shoes. Just right there. Listen this. I rejoice in your word like one who finds a great treasure. All right, let me try it again. I rejoice in your word like one who finds a great treasure. Yeah. Hallelujah. Now, that's not a sleepy attitude. Amen. That's a treasure. In fact, look, look at this. Uh, just hold the scripture. We're, we're going to, uh, to go another scripture. I rejoice in your word like one who finds a great treasure. You've seen that. Let me show you a scripture in Isaiah. Put it up there, please, uh, for me, if you're able to do it. Isaiah 33, 5 to 6. Isaiah 55, uh, what? Did I say what? 33, 5 to 6. The Lord is exalted. Let's see if they can go. The King James, New King James Version will be fine. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Glory to God. Let the fingers do their work. Praise God. Because I want you to see it. I have it, but I want you to see it. He said, I rejoice in your word like one who finds a great treasure. Now look at this in Isaiah 3, 5 to 6. The Lord is exalted for he dwells on high. He has filled Zion with justice and righteousness. Wisdom and knowledge will be the stability of your times and the strength of your salvation. What, look at this. The fear of the Lord is his treasure. The fear of the Lord is his treasure. The psalmist says what in Psalm 119 verse 162, go back there please. And he says this, uh, I rejoice in your word like one who finds what? A great treasure. Listen to this, the word of God, when we tremble at his word, we honor his word, establishes the fear of the Lord in us. That is God's treasure. When he finds his fear in your heart, that's his treasure. And he responds to that. Listen to, to other versions of the same scripture. That was Psalm 119. Listen to this from uh, the Amplified Version. And get ready to shout. Especially from the message translation. Princes persecute me without cause. But my heart stands in reverent. All of your words. So what? I can expect you to help me. 
Hallelujah. I can expect you to help me. What? I revere your word. I tremble at your word. I honor your word. I worship you. Because you and your word are inseparable. Look at what follows next. I rejoice at your word as one who finds what? Great treasure. Not just treasure. Great treasure. This is the message translation of the same scripture. You ready for this? Message. Let's go for, for that. Come on now. Give a new message translation. Oh, that's too small. I can see it, but it's too small. Let's go to message, see if you can have it slightly bigger. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for his word. Glory to God. All right, people, I'm waiting. Are you going to have it? Just put it then the way it was. I'm, I'm going to read it somehow. I've been slandered unmercifully by the politicians. Come on now. Now you better make it bigger so that they can tell I'm saying the truth. That's the message translation. That's what it says. I have been slandered unmercifully by the politicians, but my awe at your words keeps me stable. Hallelujah. Yeah, we, we, we realize that even our nation has been unmercifully slandered by the politicians. But the awe of God, at the awe of the words of God, is keeping this nation stable. Stable. Stable, glory to God. Listen to this. I am ecstatic over what you say, like one who strikes it rich. Did you see that? Please work on that and put it full blast and I'll, I'll, we'll read it. I'll come back to it. When you are ready, you can whistle. Phew. Let's go Second Kings, Kings 22. I want you to see something. It always touches my heart. It's the King Josiah. Let me give you some, uh, some, some things concerning King Josiah. Here comes Solomon has sinned before the Lord. And then God says, I'll not do, because of my servant David, I will not do it in your lifetime. But I'm going to split the kingdom. When your son is born, comes into being a king, I'll split the kingdom. And it was split. One side it was uh, Rehoboam, who was the son of uh, Solomon. And the other side became Jeroboam, who was a servant of Solomon. So the kingdom was split. Go read in your own time. It's wonderful. But listen to this. Jeroboam was given an opportunity to live a life that will honor God. From a no one to become like David. In fact, you'll see that so clear. God saying that to Jeroboam. But, but he didn't honor God. He started idolatry and started leading Israel into idolatry. And then one time a man of God was sent and he started prophesying over Jeroboam. And listen to what he says. He says, There's one will be born called Josiah who will trample over all your sacrifices, all that you're doing. Josiah, remember that the, the king, the, the king stretched forth his hand and said, You sh kind of like, shut up. Why do you dare talk to me that way? Paraphrasing. But listen to this. His hand remained that way. 
And he said, entreat your God that I may, my hand may be, may be uh, restored. And the man of God entreated the Lord and the king's hand was restored. That was King Jero Jeroboam. But look at this. That prophet, that man of God spoke about Josiah. Listen to this. Who was born about 300 years later. Called him by name. That's God. That's God. 300 years later. Go read in your own time. Then Josiah comes into kingdom in, in, in 2 Kings chapter 22, about 300 years later. And he started reigning when he was only eight years. His father was Ammon, he, was an adult, you know, he wasn't a good, a good man. And his grand, grandfather actually was Manasseh, who was one of the most wicked kings of Judah. Such a wicked man. He shed too much blood in his time. And unfortunately, he was one of actually the longest leading, in fact, he was the longest leading king. He ruled for 55 years. You think five years is a big trouble? <laughs> Try 55. Try multiplying that by what? 11? Come on now. 11. 55 years. Such a wicked king, Manasseh. But that's his grandson. The grandson came in at eight years and he started seeking the Lord. And listen to this. Let me go through the scriptures over here. You got the story? You got the word? It's not a story. Uh, when I was growing up, my grandfather used you know, sit down, especially my mother, my, my father's side, and he'll start giving us stories of uh, a rabbit and, uh, and, and, and those didn't exist. You understand that? It's just a way of waiting for food to get ready. But this is not a story. This is the living word of God. God and his word are inseparable. So in 2 Kings chapter 22, there is a few scriptures there. I want you to see the king's response to the word. So he was eight years and he started seeking the Lord. And verse 2 says, he did what was right in the sight of the Lord and walked in all the ways of his father David and he did not turn aside to the right hand or to the left. But look at this then. Then he started ruling and in verse 8, then Elikah the priest, so he sends, that is the 18th year of his ruling, he was 26 years old. He sends, Elikah, he sends Shaphan, who was the scribe, to the house of the Lord with some instructions. And in verse 8, then Elikah the high priest said to Shaphan, the scribe, I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. And Elikah gave the book of, to Shaphan and he read it. But look at this. If you know anything about the scriptures, actually, according to the, to the law, in, in Deuteronomy chapter 17, it was written so clear, when one becomes a king, he's supposed to write a law, a copy of the law, and keep it in his, in his house. And to read it every day so that his heart may be humble before the Lord. But at this time, the word of God was not there even to people. Can you imagine? Is a kingdom, these are people of God, and then after, after years, 18 years, say, I have found a Bible. There are some probably who do that. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, say, where's my Bible? Children, where did you put my Bible? I won't go into that. So he gave him the book. Listen to this, verse 9. So Shaphan the scribe went to the king, bringing to king, king Josiah, 
the king, uh, the king was saying, your servant have gathered the money that was found in the house and have delivered it into the hand of those who do, do the work, whoever, who oversee the house of the Lord. Then Shaphan the scribe showed the king saying, Hilkiah the priest has given me a book. What is that? The scroll, the word, the law. And Shaphan read it before the king. Now it happened when the king had the words of the book of the law that he tore his clothes. And listen to what he says. Go to the next one, please. Then the king commanded, Helekiah, the priest Ahikam, the son of Shaphan, Akbo, the son of Micaiah, da-da-da-da-da. Verse 13, go inquire of the Lord for me, for the people and all, for all Judah, concerning the words of this book that has been found. For great is the wrath of the Lord that is aroused against, aroused against us, because our fathers have not obeyed the words of this book to do according to all that is written concerning us. You see his response? Come on now. Do you see his response? Amazing response. That is honor. That is trembling. Now I'm not saying that anytime we open the Bible that you start tearing off your clothes. I'm not saying that. But this is, listen to what Prophet Joel tells people. He says this, you fast. But listen to this, it's not rending your clothes, but rending your heart. In other words, having an open heart towards the word of God every time. It's in awe. It's in reverence. More than anyone, any other person's word, God becomes the best and the top. And then, so they sent in verse 14, Elekiah sent and, and, and sent to a woman who was a prophetess called Hulda. And in verse 15, then she said to them, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Tell the man who sent you, who sent you to me, that says the Lord, Behold, I'll bring calamity on this place. Listen to this. And on his inhabitants, all the words of the book which the king of Judah has read, because they have forsaken me and burned incense to other gods, and that they might provoke me to anger with all the works of their hands. Therefore my wrath shall be aroused against this place and shall not be quenched. Verse 18. But as for the king of Judah who sent you to inquire of the Lord, this manner, in this manner you shall speak to him. Thus says the Lord God of Israel concerning the words which you have heard. Lord, look what, what follows. Because your heart was tender and you humbled yourself before the Lord when you heard what I spoke against this place and against its inhabitants that they would become a desolation and a curse and you tore your clothes and wept before me. I also have heard you, says the Lord. Wow. I've heard you. And look at what follows next. Surely therefore I will gather you to your fathers. In other words, you'll die. And you shall be gathered to your grave in peace. The response to God's word. There may be calamities. There may be famine. There will be curses on the earth. But the people who respond to God's words in reverence and the fear of the Lord. They will be spared by their God. Because of how they treat his word. Dozy 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 attitude doesn't do much. Pastor, you took long. That's why I'm dozing. What time did you sleep last night? <laughs> I don't see them dozing in the meetings of politicians. 
I've never seen one. But in charge, you have the best nap on Sunday. Probably one day, I may be walking around with my bottle of water. And then I'm coming down. And I'm walking, just walking, just walking. To baptize people. <laughs> Who are dozen. I may be walking just in the congregation and just, hey, praise God. And then one who's dozing spoke. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> I have to have someone. I can tell all of you now became awake. <laughs> Pastor Wade told me he was in a meeting. Pastor Wade is the founder of this ministry. This wife, Pastor Carl. He was in a meeting. And he says, oh, it was ministers actually. They said the minister was speaking and he, he, he started talking and he picked up a glass of water. And he started walking around. And he came to a certain minister who was dozing and splashed that water on his face. And the guy responded, Amen, praise God, hallelujah. <laughs> he told me he was in that minister. I saw him do that. <laughs> so maybe somewhere men will come if you get cold water on your face. <laughs> your response to the word of God is critical, church. It's critical. It's critical. It's, listen, these are not words of men. These are eternal words of God. His response spared him from the curse. There are so many things that are happening in this world right now. But I'm telling you, you and your household, wherever you are, your response to the word of God will spare you from the things that are coming into the earth. You have to cultivate inside of you that reverential fear of the Lord. And he says this, your heart was what? Look at verse 19. Your heart was tender and you humbled yourself before the Lord. You heard what I spoke against this place and against his habitus, that you'd become a desolation and they would become a desolation and a curse. And you tore your clothes and wept before me. I also have heard you, says the Lord. Surely, therefore, I'll gather you to your fathers and you shall be gathered to your grave in peace. And your eyes shall not see all the calamity which I'll bring on this place. So they brought back word to the king. That was a rejoicing time. That was a rejoicing time. Because of someone's attitude towards the world. That should always be, church. That should always be to every one of us. Did you get that scripture in place? Let's go back to Isaiah 66 first. And, I mean 60, the one that we read earlier on, 60, 66. It was 66. Just like his response to the word of God. No, no, 66, then we'll come back to yours, unmerciful by the politicians. Uh, we'll come back into that. But let's go to Isaiah 66 again, the Amplified Version. In verse 2, 66, 1 and 2, but I want to read verse 2. Read the whole of it. This is what the Lord says, heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Where then is a house that you could build for me and where will my resting place be? For all these things my hand have, has made, so all these things came into being by and for me, declares the Lord. But this, to this one I will look graciously. Did he do that to Josiah, King Josiah? Yes, he did. I will look at graciously, and he says this, I will look graciously to him who is humble and contrite in spirit and who reverently trembles at my word and honors my commands. Go now to that Psalm 119, verse 162. The one I was telling you from the message translation, going back there. 
All right, he says this. I have been slandered unmercifully by politicians. By the politicians. But my awe at your word keeps me stable. Look at what follows next. In verse, the other one. I'm ecstatic over what you say. Like one who strikes it rich. Huh? Huh? Is that the way you respond when you strike it rich? Just there? You know how to uh, uh, ecstatic over what you say, what you say, like one who strikes it rich. Ah, that the way you respond to the word. <laughs> I really want us to, you, you know, like like many times you say was, but they don't mean anything. Uh, you know, like I bow down. What are you standing? Down at your feet, O oh Lord, is the most high place. And then, in their presence, Lord, what, what do you say? I kneel. No, no, no. The, the, the part of kneeling, it says. The, yeah, there is no higher calling, no better place than that. Okay, I come before kneeling. There's a part of kneeling. We're kneeling. You see, our words are not really in line. What we are singing has not touched our hearts yet. Are you seeing what I'm saying? We never force anyone to kneel. You understand that? But our hearts should be actually touched by the words that we speak. You can't, you can't tell someone, I'm smiling at you. Mom, I'm smiling at you. You see, that's not right. Listen to this. Our response to the word, response to the word should always be of faith. Should always be faith. I rejoice, rejoice. Shouts of joy, shout. Lifting up of our hands, lift them. I humble myself before the word, do so. Psalm 112, verse 1 to 3, quickly. Psalm 112, 1 to 3. Praise the Lord, blessed is the man who does what? Fears the Lord. What follows next? Who delights greatly in his commandments. Hallelujah. Delights greatly in his commandments. Who's that man? The man who fears the Lord. The man who fears the Lord. The man who fears the Lord actually honors God's word. Trembles at his word. Is in awe. At his word. Why is that so? He knows God and his word. Inseparable. Who delights greatly in his commandments. Verse 2. His descendants will be mighty on earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. That still is beginning. The man who fears the Lord. That's the, the first scripture right there. That's the first one in that in verse 1. Wealth and riches will be in his house. And his righteousness endures forever. Who's that? The man who fears the Lord. Okay. Wealth and riches will be in his house. If that doesn't move you, I don't know what else will move you. Wealth and riches will be in his house. And his righteousness endures forever. Do you want longevity? I'll be speaking most likely at some point of some of those rewards 
of the fear of the Lord in someone's, in someone's life. One of it is this, long life, longevity. Longevity. Unfortunately, we've seen even premature death too much in the church. I'm talking the body of Christ. It shouldn't be so. It shouldn't be so. We need to live long until we are satisfied. Then go home with our back straight. Amen. Shoulders right there. In their place. Strong in the Lord. Amen. And wealthy. That's the word. Listen to the Passion Translation of that verse 1. Shout in celebration of praise to the Lord. Oh, thank you. Now, 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 finally, praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. <laughs> Shout in celebration of praise to the Lord. Yeah. Everyone who loves the Lord and delights in him will cherish his words and be blessed beyond expectation. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's him. That's what he does. With those who love the Lord and delights in him will cherish his words and be blessed beyond expectation. I want that. I want that. I like when someone says, you know, I'll give you some money. I'm, I'm blessed. And then it comes, I don't like thinking this man, how much can it be? You've ever been there? I'm working on something to give you some, I don't want to think. Of how much will it be? I don't calculate. I like it when it comes and it is beyond my expectation. And I like doing the same to people. That it may be beyond the expectation. Do you ever like someone, you look at them and say, wow, is this all mine? That's like your father. That's like your father. Is it all mine? You say it is. All of it. Yes, that's what it is. All of it. Instead of thank you. That's it. Piro. Thank you, Piro. Delights. L listen to what Jesus is says about the prophetic, about word of Jesus in, in Isaiah 11.3. I'm, I'm winding up. Isaiah 11.3 says this. Talking about this is actually in, in verse 1, uh, verse 2, verse 1 and 2 is talking about Jesus. And one of the manifestations of the Spirit is the fear of the Lord. I'm going to say some things regarding that. But listen to what he says about Jesus. Remember what we, we read about his delighting? Delighting greatly in the commandments of God or the word of God. This is what he says about Jesus. His delight is in the fear of the Lord and he shall not judge by the sight of his eyes. Nor decide by the hearing of his ears. Jesus delight. Walking on this earth was in the fear of the Lord. He reverenced his father. In fact, if you check it out in Hebrews chapter 5 verse 7 says, He was hard for his godly fear. Cries and supplications. He was hard for his godly fear. That should be our standard. In, in 2 Corinthians chapter 7 verse 1. This is what he says concerning us, church. Therefore, having, been, having these promises, that's the word of God, all promises. Beloved, 
Let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of the Lord, in the fear of God. Perfecting holiness in the fear of the Lord. That is like working out our salvation with what? Fear and trembling. There are things that should not be named among believers. I've said it over the, the, the years. Sexual immorality. Debate about LGBTQ. Is it right or wrong? Well, if you tremble at his word, that will never be. You are established. Your heart is fixed. You love God. And you're going to do his will in, in, in your generation. That's what the fear of the Lord does. In James 1, 21, 22, how we should approach the word of God, say, well, therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive what? With meekness. Say with meekness. Receive with meekness the implanted word. That should be our response to the word of God. Receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to do what? To save your souls. Mind, will, emotions delivered from the captivity of the devil. And what he says next is be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. So look at this. The receiving of the, receiving of the word with meekness empowers us to be doers of the word. It's exactly what happened to Josiah. But he's like, oh yeah, I've heard that before. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The amazing thing, um, I mean, I've, I've sat down in meetings for 25 years plus. And the amazing thing that, that amazes me many times is when someone is in trouble and they are telling you what they know. And yet they came for help. And you, give, you tell them the word of God, say, and they say, yes, that's what it says. Hey, to be in trouble is, is because of many things that have taken place. And the main thing is this, there has not, the word of God has not been in its, in its place. I don't know how many times I've asked people, close to me, working, being around me and working with me. Uh, and I'll say this. Uh, will you let me know what is troubling you? Something is troubling you. And I'm looking at their face and they say, nothing. And I say, you know what that is actually? Let's talk about the Bible. What, what is that called? It's not telling, it's not what we say, the person didn't tell the truth. No, no, no. It's called lying. Nothing. I said, I can see it all over your face. I said, I'm okay. But I can see it on your face. <laughs> Something that I've learned. Listen to this carefully. If it's visible on your face to someone else who's spiritual minded, it's because you are unable to deal with it. It's because you are unable to deal with it. 
if you know how to deal with it, it will not be visible. You may not see the man, you may not have the manifestations yet. But listen to this. Your faith is working. Your faith is working. Your heart is fixed. But when it's visible, you don't have a solution for it. You're in trouble. Thank you for your enthusiasm. The fear of the Lord is his treasure. You may say, how are we going to do that? I'm going to say something, then we wind up. Maybe this is the first winding up. But, but let me say something here. The, spirit, the fear of the Lord actually is a manifestation of the Spirit of God. We see that in Isaiah 11. And it talks about Jesus also. He walked in the fear of the Lord. But listen this then. I believe every person walking and living in a spirit-filled a spirit life is truly walking in the fear of the Lord. Because one cannot be in actually fearing the Lord and in reverence to the Lord and do the things that the world does. I had, I had, <laughs> I had a certain pastor, I like his wonderful teacher of the world, the body of Christ, he's a pastor. He said this, somebody will say like, but that brother is spirit-filled. He sang in the choir. But he took, he, went, uh, he, took, uh, he took off with a certain girl in church. The pastor said this, he used to be spirit-filled, but he was no longer. He used to be. I'm still here. He used to be. He said, yeah, he's, he's spirit-filled. He speaks in tongues. He used to be. One can say, I'm spirit-filled, and I took away with, I went away with the girl. Rabba casted No, no, no. You can remain with some words in the, in the mouth, but that does not mean you are spirit-filled. We need the infilling all the time. Praise God. Did you receive anything? All right, stand up on your feet, please. Now I want us to take this moment. It's not time to, to move around. Can I have the team up here? It's not a time to move around. Distraction and all that, that does not honor God. I want us to take these few minutes and just honor his presence. Unless you have to go out. Unless it's a must. I want you to remain here. And let's just honor the Lord. You've heard his word. Just lift up your hands and to him. That commitment to him. That Lord I'm going to walk with the fear of the Lord. Close your eyes to him. to honor you Lord just close your eyes and, and just turn your heart over to him just speak and make those covenants in your heart Lord I'm going to respond to your word and ask him to forgive you places that you have not responded to his word in actual sense, what that is called is disobedience. Ask him to forgive you.
several that you've even relayed away the, the word of God. You no longer even pay attention to the word of God. There are so many things that have crowded your heart and have captivated your attention. Ask him to forgive you. Ask him. You've not been living a holy life, you know that. Ask him to forgive you. For violations. Tell him I'm giving you this temple, Lord. I'm offering this temple to you. I want to honor you. Some even the enemy has taken advantage and put sickness over you. It's not from the Lord, it's from the enemy. Ask him to forgive you. And you're being cleansed. Just want us to honor his presence. His presence. His name is holy. Fuck, there's anything that you'll hear in heaven that we see consistently in the scriptures is holy, holy, holy. Just honor His presence. Holy. Holy. Holy, 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 holy. That's what his name is. Is holy. Thank you, Father. Holy, just lift up your hands to him. I'm telling you, it can take just a few minutes, and there'd be such deliverance and such freedom. But you have to be obedient. Just lift your hands to him. To some people, it's been so difficult, even your 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 life, just so many things that is being just heavy. Like you're carrying a heavy load, but the Lord wants you to lift up your hands just to him. Father, you are seeing every hand lifted up. You are seeing every life. You are seeing every heart. You know your people's lives. Jesus, my Lord, you said, you have been made clean by the words that you've spoken. I've spoken to you. And the fear of the Lord is clean. The fear of the Lord is clean. Because your words are pure. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. 
Psalm 99 says, The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. Therefore, Father, may that reverence, the cleansing that comes from your presence, through your word, cleanse your people. Separate your people from the cleanness of this world, filthiness of this world, addictions of this world. Yeah, the addictions that are, I see that living. I see that living. Addictions go. Broken. Broken. The chain is broken in the name of Jesus. You're holy. You're holy, Father. Father, thank you for deliverance. Thank you for your mercy and grace. Thank you for the cleansing that comes from your presence. You have been in an ungodly relationship. The Lord gives you again, speaking to you to sever yourself from that ungodly relationship. You know it. You know it. You know it. And the Lord is speaking to you. Be free in the name of Jesus. I break that ungodly soul tie. The spirits leave. And choose to honor God. Father, thank you. For your presence, thank you. For your mercy and grace in Jesus' name. Amen. I've said things and by the Spirit of God and sometimes just people don't respond. There's an individual, actually, was it two Sundays ago, I had it so clear inside of me of had been having, had been having suicidal thoughts. But I'm glad the person came after the service. And God delivered. But, and this is a young person. Don't ever be ashamed to respond to the word of God. Never ever. Don't ever allow that.